Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by Mike Munzenreiter, and this week, by Max Harrison Caldwell, who's sitting in for Jason, who's out sick. This week, we read up on the radical wellness of Alex Olson in GQ, but before we get into that, we're talking about another Nike tour video. This one couldn't be any more different from last week's. We're talking about the Aphrodite tour, featuring Rayanne Evans, Sarah Murley, Kata Diaz, and Agatha Halakaskwa, skating Greece with skatism. Max, what did you think of the video? Um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, I watched it once on my lunch break without sound, and I thought there was way too much B-roll. Um, and then I went home after work, and I watched it with sound. And then I realized that they were doing voiceovers and uh, talking about the trip and stuff, and it made a lot more sense. I liked the voiceovers. Um, it was kind of a lot of skate trip cliches you know oh even on the days when we didn't get our tricks we still had fun because we're all friends and we love traveling i don't know that wasn't anything revolutionary but i really liked the mount olympus hill bomb it's sick that they did that i liked uh rianne's clips at galazzi because i skated that park a good amount when i was in athens in october and it's way rougher than it looks it's super gnarly that quarter pipe that she did uh, 5-0 shove fakie on is no joke, and that trick's hard. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I have a whole list of pros and cons, but <laughs> what did you think? I, too, like the uh, the voiceovers, just because it's always interesting to hear, yeah, skaters talk, hear what people sound like, especially when you got, like, a bunch of international people, you know, Brits and... Uh, Brits and Poles and Swedes, if I remember correctly. It's always good to hear that mix, mishmash of uh, accents and whatnot. I, too, like agree with Max that if someone could crack the code to get skaters to say something interesting about a trip, it would be amazing. And when, Maybe we'd get more voiceovers out of it, but like for whatever reason, the, uh, the amount of production, the, the direction that comes with those never, never lives up to what I think it could be. Um, yeah, interesting video in that it wasn't like your straight up tour video, like, like Templeton said, it's about as far, far removed from talking about the very traditional street demo, street demo footy with, uh, Nigel and all those people skating. So, uh, yeah, so it was interesting in that it was a departure from like all the tour video tropes, though I could have used a little bit more information or context. Even with the voiceovers, it was cool to have everybody introduce themselves via VO. But uh, I just needed more information, some framing. Maybe even just say when it was, because I, I was interested to see like people in this Mediterranean climate all bundled up. Yeah, Templeton, you were going to say? Oh, it was November. I think it said it in uh, either the YouTube description or oh, okay. the uh, accompanying article on skatism, which uh, was shot by friend of the pod, Sam McGuire. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, it didn't really click to me that it was kind of like your classic tour video with like, yeah, on the days we didn't skate, we still had fun or like whatever. Um, but when you brought that up, Max, it kind of made me think like, you know, this this video is not meant for me, 40-year-old white male skater. You know, it's I think it's aimed more at female skaters who traditionally aren't really represented. So they're like haven't really been exposed or they haven't been overexposed to all these like tour video tropes Mm. and they are useful. Like there's a reason that they've been around for so long because it's a good way for the viewer to get to know the skaters, get to know what's going on. 
and like get stoked on the skateboarding lifestyle. So I think, you know, it's probably effective in that way of like reaching a new audience for skate content, I guess. Definitely. I wasn't, I gotta say, I wasn't the hugest fan of the editing. Um, There was a cut immediately after Kata Diaz landed a tray flip down a five or six stair, which was one of my favorite tricks in the video, but we didn't get to see her roll away. And there was also a cut uh, that was while Rianne was sliding a front tail, and we didn't get to see her land that until they played Mm -hmm. the same clip like two minutes later. It just kind of seemed at times like either it wasn't edited by a skater or it was edited by a skater who really wanted to do something different with the editing, but it didn't especially work for me. And uh, I think it didn't help that the dude credited himself as director in the credits either, um, <laughs> rather than just filmed and edited by. Yeah, never a good look to kind of overhype your own um, contributions to a video. I, I kind of agree that it was a little like overworked. You know, it's got like HD, it's got SD, it's got maybe even some VHS in there. You know, like mixing formats is always. A weird thing unless it's like 16 millimeter super 8 you know i feel like we're all pretty comfortable with that kind of thrown in there thanks to healing workshop so yeah a little a little overworked i think but i think it like i said it, it wasn't necessarily aimed at me but i think it probably accomplished its goal of like getting female skaters stoked for sure yeah i was super hyped on agata's footage i had never heard of her before but she did a Manny kickflip that was super sick. Mm-hmm. She, she nollie hard flipped the hip at Galazzi, like super popped, super clean. That was tight, so I'll definitely be looking her up on Insta and keeping my eyes peeled for more clips in the future. I was hyped to <clears throat> learn about a new skater that I hadn't known about before. Yeah, I hadn't heard of Agata or Kata, so it's like to see them. Cool to see an international mix, and I'd, I've had followed Rayanne for a while on Instagram and still follow Sarah because they're rad. So that, that was like kind of a good hook to get me into the video and mm. meet these other two. You know what I thought was sick was uh, Sarah Mueller's, uh spot selection. She skated a lot of spots that no one else in the video skated. Like there was the, it was one of the first clips. She did kind of a weird like back lip transfer thing on a, a steep bank and uh there's that clip where she mm. she's waxing the wall and then she does wall ride nollie and then just ollie down a bunch of like little curbs after um yeah i'd never seen a wall waxing and it made me think like <laughs> do i need to wax a wall to get that trick better it makes sense like it does work better on slippery you know marble walls or whatever who had the tree wally i'm always that psyched was, on the tree that was Sarah too yeah she's yeah, got the best go. spot selection supernatural yeah, she's been sick for a long time. Like we talked about this uh, in our Gizmo discussion a while back, but she's been in the mix for a long time. Has like a super good nollie heel, and yeah, she's like a rad skater, male or female. You know, like I'm happy to see what she's doing, and like yeah, I'm a four year old male skater, so you know, I feel like she's like a little bit transcendent past like just a female skater. Yeah, she's dope. She's down with a Poetic Collective, too. So, gotta shout that out. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like she she's kind of, like, one of those well-rounded skate personalities. Like, everybody's probably well-rounded and has different interests, but her interests are, like, 
part of her brand, you know, like her being a photographer and kind of creative. And that's always like kind of an interesting thing for me as someone who's dabbled in photography myself. Hell yeah. I think one thing that it's a good sign, um, maybe just for the skate media environment is skatism linking up with Nike SB, like getting that brand recognition to do something like this. Though um, picking up a strand that Templeton noted here in the in our notes, like, you know, it is on Skatism's YouTube channel, which seems like a missed op instead of putting it on the Nike SB channel in terms of like the eyeballs that it's inherently going to reach. Templeton, do you have more, more to say on that? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting, um, kind of interesting strategic play because I'm sure the people at Nike have given this plenty of thought and are like, do we want to put it on our channel or their channel? And Nike SB's channel has 627,000 subscribers and Skateism's channel has 998 subscribers. Mm. So you're just you're just not going to get the reach uh, that you would putting it on Nike SB's channel. And also it probably would have been nice for it to go on Nike SB's channel and introduce all their followers to Skateism. Yeah, you know, that, that probably would be yeah. a bigger win for skatism to have that you know access to that crowd that audience yeah it's kind of an easy way for nike to be like hey look we sponsored this trip and we sponsor these people but we're not actually going to give them any kind of promotion you know we're not actually going to give them any kind of uh exposure you know like i don't know yeah and and like on the uh, sorry um on the flip side would be easy props for nike to get you know just like we are supporting, I think it's fair to say, like a more underground side of skating. And yeah, I think in terms of I had my gripes about the editing too, or production with the the picture in picture stuff to make some of the standard definition aspect ratio issues like play. But, you know, it's an interesting video. It's visually interesting. The skating's interesting. The, the people in it are interesting. And it yeah seemed like a missed opportunity for it not to get out to more people. Yeah, it, it just makes me wonder what the strategic thought there was. You know, would, did skatism want to hold on to it for some reason? And, you know, maybe they figure that they'll be getting a lot of attention from like Thrasher and Preskate or whoever sharing it. Because, uh, yeah, that's a strategy too. But yeah, it seem, seems like a miss for uh, the people in the video. Because as it stands right now, this video has 1,580 views, which is not a ton considering the amount of money probably that was put into this. Yeah, and a good amount of promotion as well over the last couple of weeks. I, I think there were two premieres for it, and I've been seeing it a lot on Instagram, people hyping up the online release yesterday. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it would have benefited skatism for sure if Nike had posted it because it has skatism's name in the title and also Rianne has a quote in it saying, you know, I was extra stoked on this trip because, um, it's a skatism trip. So I knew it was going to be about more than just skating. So I don't know. They kind of do get a shout out or uh, a little hint at what they're about as a publication. Obviously the more people who see that, who might be interested in the mag, the better for them. Yeah, exactly. I was nodding my head in agreement. <laughs> we can feel it <laughs> speaking of feeling it yeah speaking of feeling it our skate twitter homie noah johnson spent a little time with alex olson for a gq piece entitled the radical wellness of alex olson 
which gets into Alex's journey from pro skater to guy who does two hours of meditation a day. Mike, what's your impression of Alex Olson after reading this piece? Well, I think we all agree that like a lot of skateboarding doesn't involve actually skating, but uh, yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem like Alex Olson is skating all that much, and I I did kind of enjoy the line about you know it, you're you're maybe as likely to see him on the pages of Thrasher magazine as you are to see him in the Indian grocery store looking for power herbs and shit. Um, no, nah, I, I think I think he's in the Indian grocery store pretty. <laughs> pretty exclusively anymore and it's like more power to him though um you know this it, the 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 piece is like i think noah johnson is is he played it pretty straight though there's a little bit of a wink along with it as much as like alex olsen is doing like the same like skater kind of winking like hedge maybe this is all bullshit i don't know it's an entertaining read. I wish there was a little bit more there, like hard skate facts, but it is GQ magazine. So maybe, you know, maybe it's it's me trying to get my expectations straight. Yeah, Max, what's, what was your take on it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad he's uh, enjoying himself, and it's cool that he's doing something different from most pro skaters who are over skating. But it just sucks that he seems to be pretty over skating. I mean, if the point of all this wellness is for him to skate as long as he can, you know, I want to see him prove that it's working. I want to see him drop yeah. some crazy clips. Um, and uh, and I miss his footage, as we all do. But he looks great. It's tight that he can hallucinate without drugs. I think most people haven't <laughs> figured that one out yet. <laughs> and, but it's with uh, hyperventilation. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you got to put in the work. Yeah. That it's, high. It's true. <laughs> it's true. One thing that I thought was interesting was the article kind of alluded to him posting conspiracy theories or some kind of misinformation on his story. Do you guys know anything about that? Do you watch Alex Olson's Insta stories? Uh, I stopped following Alex Olson a while ago when I realized that I wasn't going to be getting any skateboarding from him. But yeah, he would definitely post up like a lot of just, you know, share like resharing some weird uh, like health guru type post about you know, whatever health fad type shit. And I was just like, yeah, this isn't for me. Uh, maybe it's going a little far to call it propaganda, but there's, I'm sure, some misinformation amongst what he's posting. And uh, yeah, he definitely hedged with, by saying like, yeah, maybe some of this is bullshit, but, you know, you can figure that out for yourself. Yeah. Just kind of like, man, if you've got a big audience, you kind of have a responsibility to do more than just like put shit out there and let people figure it out yeah that was my main qualm with it as well especially because he has a lot of young impressionable skater kid followers who you know are a fan of his skating and are likely to be influenced by his ideas about health and wellness as a result of that um and i'm not saying that what he's doing is so incredibly harmful but if he is sharing misinformation or you know, saying like, oh, you should stay away from Western medicine completely and uh, cure all of your ills with almonds. That's kind of irresponsible. Yeah. I mean, the phrasing I should look at, I should look at it. But, you know, the I just want, you know, put it out there and let people decide for themselves. I mean, at this point, that's like ultimate weasel words. It's just having it every every single way without any responsibility for it. Yeah, yeah I agree with you guys. It's like, I think what a lot of it boiled down to, as I kind of like skimmed it again after my initial read, like last week, 
the dude has too much damn time on his hands, like, for all this stuff. Go skate. <laughs> Do more with your <laughs> brands. Like, I don't want to be too harsh, but that that was that was the feeling of, of my second read. Yeah, I kind of had a similar or yeah, a similar feeling where and I was like I'm like mad at Alex Olson for being a really rad skater who I want to see skate, but I'm also like shit dude, you like made a bunch of money and continue to be making a bunch of money and you don't have to like do any work. Like I I'm like incredibly jealous of that. You know, I'd love to have enough time where I could do two hours of meditation and still after that be able to do whatever the fuck I want. You know, like I spend two hours a day in the fucking car driving to and from work, <laughs> Ooh. you know, like that actually relates to um, something that the Alex Olson profile reminded me of, which is this essay by this guy, Mark Greif, who's one of the founders of N plus one. Um, and he's talking about food and health. And he says, Health is our model of all things invisible and unfelt. If in this day and age we rejected the need to live longer, what would rich Westerners live for instead? And that's kind of the same thing where it's like, yeah, Alex Olson kind of achieved what he wanted to in skating. He's achieving what he wanted to with his brands. And he just needs some kind of new challenge. You know what I mean? He <clears throat> he doesn't have to scrape to get by at all. So he needs something to fill his time. Yeah. I feel like that's how I'm interpreting this kind of obsession with wellness man i think you just nailed it there max <laughs> right it's just like <laughs> alex just needs something to do because he's mastered all that he's uh done so far i mean i i had it in a way way gauzier terms of just like these are my stereotypes talking but like he was just dealing with very acute california things living out in nyc but yeah that's that's way better than i could have ever put it it's <laughs> very on point I, I should just to be just to be more fair note that he did say in the article or, you know, Johnson said for him that like, you know, he did kind of have these um, inflection points with his grandmother dying and Dylan Reader dying and kind of like, I think, new new perspectives gained from those traumatic experiences, though, that kind of like, yeah, looking to looking to fill a void. I mean, I think that that that's a great explanation a great reading of this yeah i definitely saw some kind of harsher takes on skate twitter like i think i saw someone say like new age alex olsen is just a few steps away from becoming becoming an anti-vaxxer you know what i mean <laughs> and it does right. kind of like i'm not saying he's taking it that far but it does kind of line up with the general skepticism about western medicine and i don't know there's plenty of good reasons to be skeptical of pharmaceuticals and to seek out alternative treatments, but I do believe in science, and I think that like <laughs> it, when it turns into skepticism of accepted science generally, that's where you get people who are susceptible to the anti-vax stuff, and it would be a real shame if he started sharing anti-vax type posts, you know. He he could definitely, if he stayed on YouTube for a little longer, go down a, a take a bad pass. Maybe the people around him can keep him from going too far down that way. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. What was our last Alex Olsen sighting? Uh, he popped up somewhere unexpected, maybe. He did a 360 flip over like a trash can off a propped up grate in like an L.A. schoolyard. Maybe it was just on Instagram. And I think maybe that same 360 flip was in the latest 917 video. 
Okay. But that's that's the last skating I remember seeing. And then I also went and looked at his Instagram, and he had a pretty rad frontside ollie over hip. It was uh, not not uh, it was kind of old. Yeah, <laughs> let me look it up here. I mean, it it does it that plays with the thought that I had earlier, where it's like you know we we want to see the guy skate, you know, not hang it up. And he is that good, where it's like frontside ollie over a hip. That ain't Gino's right on backside 5-0 like we still want to see it <laughs> yeah it was good let's see here october 15th 2019 okay yeah he's sick i mean i think he's kind of in a sweet spot right now where he's made his footage scarce enough that uh everyone really wants to see new alex olsen clips his clips are so valuable now that even a single skate park clip would get everyone really excited but if he pushes it much longer, I think people are just going to start, you know, getting bored. I mean, I'm not going to say people are going to start forgetting about him because obviously he's he's made his mark. Um, but at a certain point, you're not like a legendary skater who doesn't get clips that much anymore. You're just kind of someone who stopped skating. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the way the clip cycle operates, you don't have that that long a time before. Yeah, people really do start moving on yeah. um you know i was thinking reading in that thing that he's 33 and if he was i'm thinking of like old photos of him again with long hair pre-girl skateboards pre-lakai you know when he's like in his middle teens and dude's been in, in the game for a long time you know nearly 20 years closer to 20 years than not and so there there is a part of me that's that's a little bit more charitable and you know 20 years is a long time for anything so you can you can you can kind of begin to fade. It's it still seems like a shame, but I, I'm also sympathetic to that that train of thought. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm just I'm just upset because I miss his footage. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think we all feel that way. And I, like you, Mike, it kind of struck me that Alex Olson had started his career pretty early. You know, his dad is a pro skater, so he's kind of like surrounded by the industry all his life. So. You know, I'm not going to begrudge him wanting to step away, do something different, but it's uh, sad for us who are fans. Yeah, I think you 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 wrote down your main takeaway. Yeah, my main takeaway was uh, we'll probably never get another Alex Olson video part. Yeah, it's yeah. a little a little too on point for me to for me to say myself because I I likely agree with that. Yeah, I'm happy for him if he feels more fulfilled doing this stuff, but I'm sad for the rest of us. Yeah, Alex, just give us one more. <laughs> I just want him to go back to a uh, République in Paris and do another 65 trick line like that one. You guys know the one I'm talking about where he does uh, the three with 360 the backside flip. Yeah. yeah. Nothing else matters but the nolly heel flip in that line. It's Mike Carroll esque. <laughs> I want to. I want to. I, I I'm almost done with my thesis on the motions of that nolly heel flip, but I'm not ready to actually reveal much about it yet. I love that in that line, it seems like the way he's planned it out, the 360 backside flip is going to be the last trick. And then after oh, yeah. that, he's just improvising. But he does like two more ledge tricks. Yeah, super sick. Looks super he, organic and flowy. We'll link to it in the show notes. It. So I just had a radical thought or a radical question. Like, in, in a way, is he actually sort of underrated? I don't know. I think I see a lot of people saying that he's their favorite skater. He's, he's like correctly rated i'd say he's correctly rated but maybe that's just because i'm in a bubble i mean maybe if i went to the skate park and asked all the 
high schoolers there what their favorite Alex Olsen clip was. None of them would be able to say. I feel like, like I'm, I'm thinking of like the fully flared part could be controversial, at least for that video. Pretty basic, kind of like not quite power dude that he went on to be, but it's still rad. It had the super angry intro, right? His whole intro is him just like screaming and throwing his board. <laughs> I'd be so bummed like 10 years later if someone did that to me. And you have to be bummed on yourself retroactively for doing that. But Right, exactly. I'm glad he ended up getting some of those clips, though. Like the backsmith on the like curved metal blue up ledge that he was like uh-huh. screaming at in the beginning, he ends up getting, which is pretty tight. Man, I'm going to have to rewatch. I don't. I can't recall the tricks just offhand like that. Fully San Jose flipped. sculpture ledge. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. that spot. Now I now I understand. Do people still skate in San Jose? Mark Suchu does. Ah, <laughs> I see you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think fully flared was my first video, so I watched oh, wow. that all the time. Okay, got, yeah. So that's burned into your. I believe memory. I got it for my twelfth birthday. Wow. <laughs> It's a 13-year-old video, so... Oh, wait, that doesn't make sense, then. <laughs> Much better earlier. <laughs> True story about uh, my fully flared DVD. I lived in a fourplex, and uh, the dude who lived above me was such a bummer. He was, like, ultimate I-used-to-skate guy. Mm. And so, like, anytime you were kicking it on the porch, like, maybe having a beer, he'd, he'd like, stroll up. There's a certain... I'm going to go on a tangent and I'll, I'll wrap this, I promise. But there's a certain <laughs> Twin Cities dude who wears like a Twins baseball cap, the TC one, and has a thick beard and wears glasses. Like that dude's central casting in the Twin Cities for a guy who's probably going to roll up, say he used to skate, ask you if he can have a beer, drink three. And then um, he ended up borrowing my fully flared DVD. And by the time I was moving out of that place, I was so like, didn't even want to talk to him that I just let him have the DVD. <laughs> wow Damn. it's true can't remember his name but he'd always like he shuffled in the middle of the night and yeah i couldn't sleep because of that one time he left his dvd on like some menu and that was just playing all night oh shit <laughs> yeah it was strange small bits of torture with that guy um speaking of fully flared and then i promise we can stop talking about it uh my homie Wes, who I work with, who's also on Skate Twitter as a Portman too. He's a good skate tweeter. I'm a fan. Yeah, he's got really good opinions. Uh, and he just, the, the other day when we were working, he dropped like in the middle of a different thought. Yeah, Anthony Papalardo, who had the only good part and fully flared, like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I thought that was a pretty hot take. That is a pretty hot take. It's definitely, it was definitely ahead of its time. I mean, 10 years after that came out, all the skating looked like that. Like there are tons of cellar door night clips and nose grinds across uh, black metal three stairs in New York and stuff like that. Powerful. Yeah, I'd say ahead of its time. I mean, I, I'm one who didn't really get it at the time. Yeah, I was definitely way more stoked on the Mike Mo part when it came out. Yeah, I'm going to withhold judgment until I watch that Papalardo part again. A buddy was making the. He noted the argument that it's like ahead of its time, but he also said it was kind of smoke and mirrors, which smoke and mirrors in that like, okay, good spots. But what's he actually doing there? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to watch it. Withholding. Yeah, fair enough. I guess you could argue that that's what makes it 
ahead of its time. Like the rest hey. of Fully Flared is kind of dated because of the crazy ledge combos and the China footage and whatever. Whereas Papalardo was on the powerful minimalism with intentional <laughs> spot selection ahead of the time. <laughs> God, your way of describing that is so good. <laughs> intentional spot selection, yep. I like powerful minimalism. <laughs> yeah, I follow Kyle Beachy on Twitter. I've been picking up some lingo. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to Alex Olson. One thing I would be really stoked to see him do that is not drop another video part is go full Wim Hof and start chilling shirtless on icebergs all the time. Oh, yeah. I had never, I didn't know about that guy. So I looked at his Instagram after reading the article. That shit is beast. There is a fucking, there's a video of him and like 12 other people just sitting in like a cold tub with chunks of ice floating in it. And they were all chanting together. <laughs> They're going like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, <laughs> sitting in an ice bath. It's pretty sick. I mean, I say the same shit whenever I get into like a tap water cold bath in the <laughs> summer if, I, if my legs hurt. So, ooh, ah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Man, that sounds absolutely terrible to me. I hate being cold. Hate, like icing an ankle injury or whatever like uh, i swear the more of your body that you get in like an ankle like that yeah that that makes my calf cramp and like i want to kind of cry and puke and now nah, you you get like yeah up to your rib cage i mean it's like all the discomfort for 15 seconds and then you kind of got to do that woo-ha thing and then, and then it's pretty chill i liked what alex olsen was saying about it where like the intensity of the cold forces you to focus on something just so that you're not like focusing on your own discomfort. And that's why it can be good for aligning your breathing with your heartbeat or whatever, however you're supposed to master your own uh, body temperature. I don't know if I would try it. I mean, I'm not trying to get hypothermia. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to fill the void that bad, but it is cool. <laughs> just keep skating, Max. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, maybe weird. when I retire, I can look into this shit, but I don't think I got the time. <laughs> I think I think you just got to, for the show notes, you just got to do the Wim Hof Google image search, because this shit is wild. <laughs> there will be numerous Wim Hof uh, links in the show notes. <laughs> I like that he has monetized it. Or, well, I don't like that he's monetized it. Like... <clears throat> Maybe you guys can set me straight on this. This is kind of a half-baked thought, but it seems a little bit um, counterintuitive that he's like selling something that's supposed to be, uh, I don't know, it's just about like how you yourself interact with your own body and how you can control your own body through your breathing. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's not counterintuitive, but it just seems like he's kind of going against the spirit of universal wellness and the universal amazing capabilities of the human body by turning it into something that's for profit and i'm not saying i wouldn't do the same thing in his place i mean this is clearly this guy's passion and he's got to make a living but it does seem kind of in line with the rest of the like hokey expensive wellness stuff yeah that's an interesting point that's you know kind of has all the trappings of charlatanism am i using that right or yeah, it's snake oil salesman. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something, I mean, just with the Alex Olson piece in general, I think there's something to say about the commodification of wellness and the kinds of new agey yoga centers that sell it, presumably at an exorbitant price to wide-eyed, crunchy young people with money. 
I'm not sure what that is, but it seems like people are exploiting those like Alex Olson who have a lot of money and a lot of free time and are, you know, vaguely skeptical about um, medical science and medical practice as it stands. Yeah, I'd, I'd say good work if you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> the grift. Well, I think we've probably uh, covered Alex Olson and uh, we're all not stoked on the idea of there never being another Alex Olson video part. So let's talk about what we are stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? Ooh, I don't know if I'd exactly say I am stoked on it. It's not like the the straightforward stoked on. Um, yeah, Kobe Bryant was killed a week ago in a helicopter crash by the time this this podcast posts. And um, where's my notes? Yeah, so I've been consuming a lot of Kobe Bryant media because it's like shocking and strange. And I, I haven't been able to put my finger on like what makes it so shocking and strange. A lot of it is just like the force of personality and the gravity that that dude existed with and that people were so crazy drawn to him and like just kind of one of those omnipresent people in pop culture and sports and you know that like double layered thing that is both those things um from yeah watching a lot of basketball in recent years recent (laughs) the past two decades to um the infamous like throwing anything and saying kobe um but uh, Zach Lowe, who writes for ESPN, wrote a good piece, kind of a eulogy for the for Bryant. Uh, talked about like actually meeting the dude, being uncomfortable with him, like to actually spend time and become a part of his orbit because of the 2003 rape allegation against Bryant. But he also like did his best to explain why people were drawn to him. And um, I guess the nut of what I am actually stoked on is that he 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 came to the conclusion that like Kobe Bryant had become an ideology. And um, kind of like Win Hoff, I think <laughs> Win Hoff seems like he's an ideology, but like it's a good explanation, and that got my got my mind's gears going, and I wanted to begin to think about like who in skateboarding is actually an ideology, like one of those one of those personalities who like takes on the idea of their personality takes on a life of its own, and I haven't actually come up with the skateboard analog yet, but uh. I don't know if you guys have anybody who leaps to mind, but it was just an interesting way to think of celebrity and, you know, the sports identity that I hadn't seen put into, like, as concise terms before. And then I should just note, like, uh, since Bryant's daughter also died in the helicopter crash, along with other parents and children, like, I've got a young kid, and, uh, yeah, it was definitely taken and moved by that just on on the parent level so uh yeah been an interesting week of thinking of celebrity and sports and what the activities mean and yeah so some introspection on skateboarding too um i guess that's what i'm stoked on uh max what are you stoked on um i was really stoked on mario forte's lomo congreso video um which is filmed completely at Congresos Plaza in Madrid, which is uh, the best ledge spot in the world, in my opinion. Um, I really like videos that are just filmed at one plaza. There was one that also came out earlier this month at the Princeton Princeton Plaza spot, because um, I feel like they really give you the opportunity to see every angle of the spot, um, see people skating at different ways, and it also just had... Some of my favorite Spanish skaters like 
Adrian Del Campo and Andrew Verde, as well as Uyghur, who in recent years has become one of my favorite skaters. I'm really stoked on Uyghur in general, to be honest. Uh, I think I used to think that good skating was all about having a huge variety of tricks and good skate videos were all about having a huge variety of spots. But I don't know. I mean, I saw Uyghur do all the tricks that I already knew he could do, and I was so happy about it. <laughs> Just seeing him do a long back tail and then uh, some kind of heel flip variation into a grind, it's just comforting. And he's so powerful and has been so sick for so long. So big shout out Uyghur in that video in general. Um, I'm also stoked on the Northern Co. video that's premiering in SF next month. Um in February, it'll probably be next month when this comes out. Uh, looking forward to the Chris Athens part. And, uh, oh, yeah. And then you guys, last week, you touched on the compilation of Mike Carroll kickflips. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing a lot of compilations of one skater and all the best instances of their signature trick. And back to Uyghur, I saw one with all of his back 180 nose grind to regulars. Um, that was really dope. Just the pants variety in there. Uh, <laughs> indicated how long he's been doing that trick and how well he's been doing it for a long time. So I'm hyped on all those compilation videos. Yeah, me too. I got to check out that 180 nose guy in one. Yeah, it wasn't on memory screen. It was on something else. But Uyghur, like put a link to it in his story or something. It's I'll cool to see like, that down. the mastery of the trick. Because, yeah, Uyghur's got his stuff mastered. Yeah, no, exactly. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? In Jason's absence, I gotta say that I'm stoked on a little truck company from San Francisco called Venture Trucks. <laughs> uh, I'm awake in his stead this week. <laughs> but what I'm actually stoked on is Tyler Bledsoe's Magic 5 part. It's a skate spot here in Portland that um, I spend a lot of time at because it's basically the only plaza spot it's the only like plaza spot ledge spot place where you can just like hang out and people will come and go like people that you know will come and go and you can just go there and hang out all day and skate and it's just rad to see that spot get murdered and rad to see some of the tricks that i saw kind of in progress when i was there and blood was there so stoked on that that spot was also the first place that you and i skated together templeton that's true yeah, <laughs> Magic Five. The uh, the switch crook he did on the like top rail off the ledge was so crazy. Yeah, the for, setup is quicker than than it looks. Yeah, and there's also for those who haven't been there, there's like a twenty foot drop on the other side of that rail, and a switch crook is one where I feel like you can easily, you know, your front foot can come off and go on the other side. So it seems really scary to try. Yeah. Well, that's the smaller side. On the other side, there's like a 40-foot drop or something. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> True, yeah. You know, that, that's the less scary one. Still scary, though. I think someone will probably do grind transfer on that smaller side at some point, right? Mm, maybe. I'm not sure I'm not sure if the landing is friendly. Mm, call Jaws up. He'll do it. Yeah. yeah, just go slow roll it and should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, that's our show for the week. Be sure to check out MostlySkateboarding.net for links and other show notes. Uh, Until next week, you can follow us online. Max, where can the people find you? Um, At low underscore 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 impact on Twitter and Instagram. 
that's three underscores. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got some writing in the works, mostly not about skating, but stay tuned if you want to follow SF local news goings on about town. Nice. Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at mmunzenrider, no underscores. Templeton, where are you? Uh, I, I feel a little left out because my uh, Instagram and Twitter don't match. My Twitter is at MostlySkate, and my Instagram is at MostlySkateboarding. Um, see you guys next week.